We're now going to have a chat with Melanie Gilchrist, podcaster and wine professional and marketer. And good morning to you, Mel. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So thanks for, uh, for your time. And Richo's here. He's just around the corner. You can't see him on the, uh, on the team's <laughs> just call. Just hiding okay. in the background as usual. <laughs> but I think you'll probably uh, feel his presence at some stage very soon. Um, so um, welcome. And uh, Richo, maybe um, you can well, introduce look, I Mel. Mean, so Mel, you know, we've actually sort of worked together in a, in a way for a long time. And then yeah. you sort of popped into Dan Murphy's maybe two years ago when you were working in the Yarra and, and it just, it didn't, I didn't realise who you were and then it all kind of <laughs> came to fruition. So of course, when I was working for Perna Ricard Winemakers in Northern Europe, you were a graduate ambassador and we've had, um, had a couple of other guys from your crew through actually. So just, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So how did you start in wine and was that your first thing and where are you from? Let's start with all that stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. So I'm from um, Victoria in Gippsland. Oh, sorry, Warrigal in Gippsland, I should say. Um, little country girl. My mum drinks Savion Blanc with just about more ice in it than wine. And <laughs> my dad drinks from a cask. So I definitely don't have a strong wine background. Right. Um, <laughs> I just my um, my boyfriend's family took me on a tasting once just on the way somewhere. And I was just completely encapsulated by the whole experience. And I was like, I don't understand why a Chardonnay tastes different to a Riesling, but I need to know. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I started doing wine appreciation courses and um, and all that. I was working in dairy at the time. And at some point I was like, wine is so much more fun than dairy. I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's not much else to do out in Gippsland, is there, apart from dairy and wine and play footy, right? That's it. I was actually I was working in Melbourne in Derry. I, I, it's funny that I left. Were you at Fonterra by chance? I was. I was at Fonterra. Because your name is so familiar, and it's from that side of my life. I think is more the you know is <laughs> marketing in the marketing team. At my my cousin was the CEO of Fonterra, John oh. Damani. So I wonder if he was yeah, the right. CEO at the time. But anyway, there you go. Yeah, we've all crossed paths. <laughs> there you go. Indeed. But, yeah, so, well, dairy and wine, you know, the complimentary. Oh, well, oh, actually, so Ron... Wine and cheese. Yeah, yeah Ron Lawton, who planted um, Jasper Hill, was in dairy when he when he started that. So it's a good little mix, I mm. reckon. Being in, um, I, I really did love it, actually, but um, set my sights on wine and I found out about this wine ambassador program really by chance and I had two days to put together a video that went for three minutes for my submission um there was a thousand submissions um yeah so it was tough um 15 of us got through to the next round and then there was interviews and group tasks and presentations and things and um we got all kinds of things and it was boiled down to two people in the end. And um, so I was really lucky to be selected to go to Canada, which is where I spent my time as a wine ambassador. Yeah. And we've just had Andrea Pritzker MW on who's Canadian talking about that stuff. So were you, I guess you would have dealt with the uh, LCBO quite a lot too. Yeah, yeah, I did. I um, I had a really great time in Canada. And you know what people don't talk about much? Canada has some great wine itself. Oh, absolutely. Some good meritage, yeah. meritage wines and um, from the Okanagan. And um, obviously the, those sweet wines from Niagara, right? The, um... Yeah, yeah. But even down the coast, um, way out to the east, we had some really good wines from like Nova Scotia, which is just building its wine region. It's um, really cool seeing what's going on down there. 
Yeah, that's grouse. Mm. I mean, it, it is one of those things where you don't think of wine uh, and you don't and no, think yeah, of Canada. Been, but the, the I don't think I've ever had one. Yeah, the Meritage, they're Cabernet blends from Okanagan. And think about that's yeah. quite a warm they're region. Brilliant. That's where they grow all their fruit. And you think about, okay, wherever your orchards are, that's where you're going to plant your grapes as well, right? Mm. That's it. Yeah, uh, lovely stuff. Now, India Minari came on the show as well, so I know that you were in the same intake as her. Uh, who are, are the other guys all working? Or Kate, I think, still works in wine. She's a brand ambassador, I think, for Pernarica. Are they all still doing the do? You know, a lot of – some people have stayed, some people have left. I, Kate actually, I think, works for coffee or something now. Kate's oh, okay. moved on. Right. Um, we've got people who are now working in sustainability, which kind of lends itself nicely to wine. Um, we're pretty – Bleed all over. Some I heard someone opened a restaurant, so oh, cool. everyone's gone on to do really, really cool and different things. Tell us about some of the experiences, though, because one thing that Perna Ricard was really good at was taking you to cool places. Where are some oh, of yeah. the Where are some of the cool <laughs> places they took you? I tell you what, as like a twenty three year old, just being put on a plane and then go you're into it um i did a vintage with jacobs creek in the barossa then i was flown to marlborough for a few weeks um spent some time in sydney then after that california in sonoma and um rioja in spain so um and the thing is that they all know that you're representing the portfolio. You're their face in the market, and they all want to impress you and give you a really great experience. I'm this little 23-year-old, and everyone's just, like, doting over me. It was the coolest thing ever. I bet they took you to Bar Soriano in Lagroño on the tapas tour. And, um, oh, yeah. Oh, my Lord, what a place. <laughs> just eating mushrooms and prawns on a stick, Simon, and a, and a glass of Hoven Tempranillo for two euros, oh. mate. Oh, uh, wow. And I, so, so the, the woman from – that was uh, Campo Viejo, the woman – woman from Campo, I just noticed when we were having the tapas that me and her were getting one extra prawn on our stick. <laughs> and I think they – I was thinking, okay, they think I'm her young lover or something. She was in her 60s, very handsome lady. But <laughs> anyway, she took me outside and she pointed up. She said, no, that's where I was born. That's my mother's house there. Oh. We've been coming here oh. since I was born. I was like, that is just priceless. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Priceless. What a moment. That's yeah. awesome. Well, and um, also, uh, but I guess Isios is a pretty cool winery there too, isn't it? Just um, talk the talk the listeners through the, the roof and the, the vibe of that place. I wish I had better words to describe it. It is just the most incredible thing you've ever seen. It was um, architecturally designed to look like to mirror the mountains. Yeah. And it is just the most awe-inspiring thing standing in front of it. It's like standing in front of oh, the Eiffel Tower or something. It's the most incredible winery that makes just the most selected, small, small, small amount of wine and just beautiful there. And the winemaker talks like a poet. Everything that comes out of his mouth is like a haiku. <laughs> It just, it's like a place that shouldn't exist. It's just wonderful. It was like a wonderland, wasn't it? And the roof looks like a giant wave, but all of yeah. the, all the pieces of uh, roof are sort of these um, square pieces. So it's this sort of analogue-looking square roof wave thing with the mountains in the background. I'll put it up on my Instagram. Do that. Uh, and, Dan, yeah. and even if, if you've got a... What would the website be? Oh, well, you, you just to make look it up, up now. Um, Isios, Y S I O S, so Bodegas Isios. Yeah. If the listeners want to just Google that, 
Um, and I'll put it up on, on Dan Murphy's underscore Richard Instagram, of course, and I'll I'll link in the Wine Show Australia. But it's, it's yeah, um, yeah it, it was uh, f- quite. I had a bit of a different experience because I was just plonked into market and had to go work. I mean, I went around the world and did all that <laughs> stuff, but I didn't do like six months of that and get impressed. It was like you have to go do your job now. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so I, I, not so much I, doting on you. No, no, no. no. Just, I was, it was like actually, mate, they had a cane taste, behind saying yeah, hurry up. Go pretty on. much, yeah, pretty much. But uh, still. <laughs> Uh, it was a fabulous experience. But I think Jacob's Creek's a really interesting one to talk about for a second, uh, Mel, because in Australia, of course, we all, you know, we give it the poo-poo. We think, oh, it's a big giant winery, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, it's one of the wineries that really established Australia as a as a, as a big presence overseas. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and I, I've worked at a couple of wineries since then, and I still just will bat for Jacob's Creek yeah. all the way. The the wine just is so good for what you pay. That ten dollar classic Riesling oh, is still yeah. just so good. Um, but yeah, overseas in in Canada, Jacobs Creek really wasn't seen as anything bad. It was seen as really good. Everyone um, loves Jacobs Creek, yeah. and I'd go around with the Shiraz, the double barrel, and people thought it was a really good wine. It was um really different experience having the same wine but just all those perceptions strip back and in sweden it was stonely was like that so i actually filmed cooking shows for the discovery channel where we flew around sweden with with a chef and they went they took celebrities fishing and then we did this thing where we cooked up the fish and brought wine on and it was yeah it was hilarious getting back to <laughs> jacob's creek though mel it was interesting so our last guest uh, mw andrea pritzker one of the wines she mentioned from the Len Evans tutorial as one of the top wines was a 1965 Orlando Barossa Cabernet. That's Jacob's Creek Cabernet. I heard that. It is. I think um, that's really cool. A lot of people don't realise that Orlando is, you know, part of that Jacob's Creek. It's made at that winery. Yeah, it but, does um, sit behind it, doesn't it? As a, when, well, yeah. yeah, St. St. Hugo. and They kind of played around with putting Jacob's Creek on the label and it sort of took a little bit of the brand equity out so they took mm. it off and there's a whole bunch of history yeah. there but mm. you know I remember having a buying a 62 Orlando white hermitage from the Barossa at auction <laughs> yeah and it was like um, Chenin Blanc uh, Riesling blend with something else and I, I opened it for the CEO actually um, you know, in a blind tasting we were on this private island and so it was just like one of the most mind-blowing things and so uh, the winemaker was there too who's now in Canada I think uh, Ben and he was like where do you get this stuff it's like mate there's all this amazing back vintage Australian wine floating around at auction and just take a punt. Wow. Yeah, take a punt. That's some, awesome. Sometimes you're going to yeah. find some of the greatest things. Yeah. No, absolutely. I love doing that. I spend too much time in auction sites. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, sister. Me too. So uh, now you've got, a, you've got a new gig, don't you, working for another French company. Is this a love affair with a French business or? Oh, my gosh. I guess it is. No, I... I I, I love the French lifestyle. I'm very into wine and cheese, so um, I'm well suited to French companies. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I am. Um, I'm with Chandon now, which is part of my Hennessy. Um, I I did in between Penaricard and Chandon. I was with the smaller winery, uh, Rob Dolan in the Arrow Valley, yeah. but um, back back in with the big players now. So no, having Chand- a love affair with sparkling. Chandon's grouse. There's mm. um, oh, yeah, it makes yeah. some awesome wines. Yeah. 
Totally. No doubt yeah. about that. Good brand in the, in the market too. Well, yeah, absolutely. So they've got a bit of power behind them. But what's your actual, what's the new role, Mel? Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, marketing and communications. So it's basically what I was doing um, at Rob Dolan as well, but really different when you've got the power of a big brand behind you. Um, mm. It's It's really cool, though, being able to have a bit of fun with, teaching people what method traditional even is um, and kind of getting into that whole world of sparkling and, and trying to get people to really understand it better. So it's been really cool. It's good, good time to join if you're focusing on sparkling. It's sparkling season, of course. You yeah, know, so, absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it'd be uh, plenty of reason for people to drink it. Um, and um, uh, Mel, you've also got a podcast with, um, with Meg... Um, Brodman, another yeah. master of wine. Oh, she's such a legend. I was, um, it was when I was at Rob Dolan, I was pretty starstruck actually. Master of wine <laughs> comes in and I was like, oh my gosh. Um, but no, we, we got along really, really well um, and just kind of like clicked straight away and she was teaching me a lot about wine and it kind of just happened that we started doing this podcast. It actually started as part of Rob Dolan to kind of teach trade and stuff, but it just evolved into something else and we're independent now. Um, but it's it's so much fun. We once a week just sit down, Meg brings out a few bottles and I ask her questions about them and people seem to enjoy listening to that, which is so good for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So if people want to listen to it, um, it's uh, called Wine with Meg and Mel, right? That's it, yeah. Like ours, it's probably, it'll be available sort of on all the services. So wherever people get their podcasts. Um, it's good. It's great to have more wine content out there in market, you know, and Australian wine content, um, because well, when our podcast just going mental. It also just seems, Simon, you know, and you just got to take some of the crap out of wine sometimes. <laughs> and if, yeah. and now, Mel, if there's one thing about Meg Brodman that we can say is she's just she calls a spade a spade, right? So oh I was so. How lucky was I? I was a full-time clarinet player in Melbourne, having a great yeah. career, and I was encouraged by my partner at the time who was had a very good palate, actually, and she got re, got me further into wine and my friend Ewan, who's been on the show before, and, and they said, oh, you should do some study. So I went into Prince Wine and I was like, I'm thinking about doing this wine course, WSET. Um, I don't know whether I should do level one or two. And then they were like, oh, we'll, we'll ask you some questions. And then in the end, they said, do you know the difference between Chablis and Petit Chablis? And I gave my answer and they're like, no, you should do level three. So I sort of plonked myself in level three and there were 16 sommeliers, one doctor and a clarinet player. And and some really, really good psalms and restaurant owners. Yeah, but a clarinet player who'd had an 85 domain room. Yeah, Yeah. so, well, that was just lucky. But um, I was so incredibly lucky to be taught by... Uh, Meg Brodman and also Kate McIntyre. Can you imagine? So two MWs, two powerful, two incredible legends. wine yeah. legends, um, and just yeah, it was <laughs> it was such a pleasure. But uh, I remember those classes extremely fondly, and that's really where my love affair with uh, getting further into wine came. So, but yeah, one thing about Meg is she doesn't 
she doesn't call she she doesn't she doesn't muck, she doesn't muck around. She calls a spade a spade. No, and I tell you what, it can make editing the podcast fun. So <laughs> sometimes she says things, and I'm like, that can't go to end. We can't go out saying that. We'll get cancelled. Well, lucky you, you don't need a dump button, right? Because it's not <laughs> no, live to it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I, I I had Gary Mills on. I, um, recently, maybe on one of my solo shows, Simon, and I was 30 seconds in, he dropped the F-bomb. I was like, mate, Sunday morning, bro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Oh, I we still have a licence, so I that's okay. Done, I haven't done it yet. I haven't sworn on air yet. But um, anyway, I guess it's, it's only early in the day. So, um, so Mel, um, obviously that uh, your theme is is sort of looking and talking about interesting wines that that Meg sort of curates, um, and then you just have a chat about it, and obviously, lots of laughs along the way. And um, so you do one a week. Yeah, one a week, and that's the thing. It is more um, educational focused. So we find a lot of people who are new to wine, or um, people in trade who are just learning to expand their knowledge a bit, um, is who we're really talking to there. Yeah, and I, what I love about when I'm trying to teach people about wine, and of course, working at, at Uncle Dan's, and and say it's Christmas time, I've got a new, I've got ten new staff, and some of them really? are nineteen yeah. and they've never yeah. even tasted wine. So I love what I call the dumb questions. I want those questions because I've asked those questions in the past. So my favourite yeah. dumb question: I was at Margaret River at a cellar door, and I said to the guys, Cabernet and Cabernet serving on the same thing, mate. And he just looked at me as like, of course they are, mate. It's just shortening. And I was like, dude, help me, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't know, you know. Yes. Yeah. You're right. No, and it's, it's so true. It's how, it's how that dumb question's handled. Yeah. yeah. Talks to the professional, you know. Yeah. Some people want to retain this high and mighty thing and they kind of, you know, poo-poo the question, but they're not the right people for the industry Correct. To, to be promoting it, right? So, yeah, is what's what's Syrah? Why, why are we calling it Pinot Gris instead of Pinot Grigio? Those 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 obvious questions, which no one's – they're always afraid to ask. But, yeah, that was my dumb question. What's, is Cabernet and Cabernet Sauvignon the same thing? I mean, come on, man. So, Mel, yeah. have, you asked, have you asked Meg any dumb questions? <laughs> oh, my God, have I asked her? Oh, okay, I – um, what was – uh, what is the um the stew called that's made with burgundy? Um, oh, like a, a beef bourguignon. Beef bourguignon. Yeah. I was like, I was like, what kind of wine do you use in beef bourguignon? Uh. <laughs> that was my dumb question. <laughs> but that's a great question because it is. I've only ever made beef bourguignon once with burgundy, and <laughs> it was bloody good. But yeah. it was an expensive stew. <laughs> yeah. So what what yeah. would what would you use, uh, Mel, if you were making a beef bourguignon now? What what sort of wine are you going to use? Oh well, we actually did this as an episode. So um, Meg used a like <clears throat> ten fifteen dollar bottle of Pinot, and then she used a really fancy one made two dishes from the same light yep. and we actually got a chef in to taste both yeah and we decided that i think the, oh, the can't remember what the better one was she used but it was like a 50 dollars pinot say that was seen to be just better than the other one but only by a little bit so yeah. it you know, do you know how i reckon much you want me. The, yeah. the better approach then in light of that is you use your fifteen dollar one in the cooking and you drink the fifty dollar one while you're cooking yeah. it right there you're oh, i agree yeah, that's what I'd do. Yeah, I, I, you couldn't go past like a $15 de Bordelais Pinot from the Arrow or something, you know. That would be perfect. For, and I've done that before. But, yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't think you want to use a $5 wine, but, I, you know, when it comes, you still need a little bit of varietal definition. But 
Yeah, yeah, that's it. No, I think that's a great goal. A, um, a, a debauch would work perfectly, I think. Yeah. Then again, I'm a terrible cook, so I just rely on what Meg says in that department. <laughs> okay. Well, you, you just work on the pairing of, of the finished Yeah, dish. yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll drink the wine. And... <laughs> That's great. Uh, so one of the wines I'm getting asked about <clears throat> daily, uh, Mel, from your stable is the Garden Spritz. That's gone pretty gangbusters, hasn't it? Gosh, it has. I um, I didn't realise. So when I w- first started at Chandon, I was having a tour around. There were these massive containers of oranges cut up. And I was like, what, what are all these oranges for? And they're like Garden Spritz. And I was like, I, I honestly just assumed they were using, like, flavour and colour agents in yeah. it. But they literally macerate these oranges and cardamom and all these different spices are all made in the kitchen and in the winery into this garden spritz. It's, I've got to say, it's bloody delightful. It is, actually. <laughs> it's very good if you haven't tasted it. So I'm like, the base is method with traditional sparkling? as well. No, no, yeah. they're actually taking the Chandon sparkling and putting in all this stuff yeah. to, as like a as a spritzy type, yeah, pre, as a pre-batch spritzy type thing, but yeah, not, right. not a sweet, overdone, fakey one. Yeah. And how's yeah. it packaged? Well, it's, um, yeah. Yeah, it looks pretty similar to a Chandon bottle. But so um, it's in bottle, not can, yeah? No, it's in bottles. Yeah, it's, in bottle. it's just got a kind of different, like a, a sort of orangey yellow kind of floral ish label, I hmm. guess you could say. Yeah, that sounds yeah. quite fun. Well, one, one of the other wines from the Yarra that I'm drinking very, very regularly is the uh, Zonzo Bellini. Mm. So that's... I've, I've been trying that. Oh, come oh, on, Mel. You've got to get around that. So, yeah, like it's um, it, it's like prosecco, prosecco with peach nectar in it. Yeah. It's, wow. And, oh, it's, and it's already done It's already done. in the bottle. Yeah. Fabulous it's wine. Good. So you oh, just pour it, it into a into a... Glass, yeah, flute or yeah. whatever. However oh you no, just like it. a wine glass. I put a yeah. bit of ice in it, and yeah. so I was at, I was out at Zonzo yeah. with some mates recently, and Zonzo is a great place to go visit, and having some pizzas, and the boys are drinking beers, and you know, and I order this, yeah, I order this uh, particular <laughs> drink, and they're like, mate, what are you doing? What yeah, are you exactly. <laughs> half an hour, half <laughs> an hour later, turning up. Yeah, half right. an hour later. <laughs> Everybody was drinking it, and I'm not. I won't say a I name, bet. but I've got a customer who's a very famous AFL footballer from a very famous club. I won't mention who, but um, he, I've got him regularly drinking that too. So it's def- it's fabulous. So wine. That's at dance. That's at dance. Yeah. yeah, it's great wine. Yeah, well, Zonzo. Zonzo, go out and have a pizza. And yeah, well, so yep. Zonzo Bellini, or yeah, it's definitely worth trying the Chandon Garden Spritz mm. too. They're both great summer wines. Sounds no, fun. That's it. Sometimes you want something with a little bit more flavour and a bit of fun. So it's cool that we have these like alternatives that aren't just really sugary and fake and stuff, but mm. really nice ones. Correct. Yeah, that's great. Um, Mel, thank you. Great to uh, to connect and, and um, amazing. You know, so we're talking, you know, female MWs and all of these <laughs> interconnectors. Um, well, I'm just glad that you're following through in the industry and working, you know, locally and staying true to what you do. So congratulations and uh, yeah. no doubt we'll catch you sometime soon. And everyone, oh, thanks so much. And uh, everyone should follow Wine with Megan Mel. Follow that and follow the Wine Show podcast, Wine of Show course. Australia. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it's all good. Um, Beautiful. Great, Mel. Enjoy your <laughs> afternoon. Thanks so much. Thank you. See you.